The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Law acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to their elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brand New Little People, the podcast where we talk about all things early parenting with a particular focus on sleep and settling and crying during those first few years. I'm your host, Dr. Fallon Cook, and I'm here with my colleague, Dr. Laura Conway. Laura, what a crazy week we've had. We've finally launched the <laughs> Sunbell program for toddlers. Woohoo! My goodness, <laughs> I think that um, we were just both exhausted and exhilarated in equal measure by Friday afternoon, weren't we? Yes, uh, it was just absolutely fantastic, though, to see how well received it was. We've had Mm -hmm. so many new members. So welcome to all the new families who I hope are are tuning into us this week and kind of Mm. getting to know us a little bit more through this podcast. And a reminder as well that now you're a Sunbell member, you can submit questions to the podcast. So if you're working through things, um, maybe you've drawn up your kind of sleep plan and you've got a few questions or not feeling quite sure about things, um, let us know and we can have a chat through um, that, you know, within the podcast. Um, yeah, so, so wonderful to have new families on board and welcome. We can't wait to hear how everything goes as you make changes to your toddler's sleep. Um, Laura, I think one of the really big focuses we had when we were designing and developing and testing out the toddler program and certainly feedback we had from so many parents of toddlers was that often one of the big, big battles parents face is unwanted co-sleeping where they're, you know, they've Mm. got a toddler who's crawling into bed at 4am or maybe it's turned into midnight or maybe you're just starting the night with them in your bed, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. just what you have to do. Um, It can be really, really hard to turn that around. Um, Mm. And I think we both see that a lot in clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, I tend to um, see parents that fall into a, a couple of different camps where there are those families that have, um, always co-slept with their baby and now toddler and it's a decision that they made together at the outset or you know shortly um you know maybe from six months onwards that they want to bed share with their baby um and they've happily done it um and Mm. now their child is three and they'd quite like to make some changes um and i see families where it's more reactive where (laughs) The, uh, mm. They haven't ever made that decision that they want to co-sleep, but it's just situational. Um, and it's either that their um, baby or toddler is waking up so often overnight that mum or dad just says, do you know what, just come and sleep <laughs> in bed with us because then at least I don't have to get up so many times overnight. Yes. Or for those little toddlers that are in their beds and uh, can crawl out of bed overnight um it's uh families who are saying <laughs> it's at something like two o'clock in the morning and i just mm. feel this little person 
clambering over me or crawling under the covers and then they proceed to kick us all through the night and no one gets any sleep. Yes, and so often one parent's been sort of delegated to the spare bedroom and that's where they have to sleep because there's not enough room or... Um, I mean, there are definitely toddlers who co-sleep really happily with their parents and even the parents (laughs) find it really peaceful. It's an easy solution. Everyone sleeps well um, and that's perfectly fine if it works well for you. But I think we definitely see a lot of those cases where parents are just exhausted because even when they do co-sleep, it's not restful sleep. Um, And Mm. that's really challenging, especially in toddlerhood. Um, Yeah, at 2am, if you're trying to put your toddler back to bed and they're refusing, I mean, no one has all that much stamina at, well, maybe toddlers do. (laughs) Toddlers have got the the stamina to resist, (laughs) but their poor parents don't have the stamina (laughs) to resist. It's so hard to know what to do and it's hard to be consistent or apply any kind of, you know, approach in the middle of the night. Um, so we often say to families, you know, get your ducks in a row, have a really good think through. Well, if you're a Slumbell member, you'll be doing that. You'll be working through all the different factors, kind of identifying the right sort of approach for your particular toddler. Um, and then really having a plan for, you know, we're going to change it on this day and this is exactly how we're going to do it. Um, because, you know, if you flip flop, you know, some nights you're really adamant, okay, you're staying in your, your own bed. And then some other nights you're like, oh, it's too hard tonight. I'll just let them come into my bed for a little while. Um, it confuses them. Really, yeah, really confuses them. they don't them. know, do they? Your toddler doesn't mm. know then um, which night they're going to be allowed to sleep in bed with you and which night they're not going to be mm. allowed to sleep in bed with you. And that is really unsettling for them. Um, yes. And it can lead to an escalation in challenging behaviours at bedtime and overnight because... Um, yeah. Your little toddler doesn't know um, what the rules are. They don't know that it's based on how exhausted you are as a parent. Yes, um, and or, often or it what just the baby's takes... doing, or yeah, yeah, exactly. And often it just takes them to realise, oh, that time when I really let it rip and I really cracked it, they gave in. And so if that just happens once, and they go, oh, cool. So now I know. I just have to absolutely lose my mind, and that's what makes them you know, change their mind and let me sleep in their bed. Um, And what an absolute disaster that can feel like for families because suddenly you've got a toddler who used to quietly come into your bed and now they scream, you know, the house down. Mm. As soon as they wake up at night, they just start screaming. (laughs) So, you know, that's just really not ideal. A very, very challenging for families. Um, That's right. And if you... mm. um, if you're sometimes, you know, you're flip-flopping, I think that's the expression you use, Fallon, which is one of my favourite ones, being British. <coughs> no fun here, it's flip-flops. Um, and so if you're um, flip-flopping, what you are inadvertently teaching your toddler to do um, is to really scream in order to come into your bed at night. And they mm. feel that to get that um, reaction from you means that they really do have to fight for it in the middle of the night and we don't want Mm. that we don't want our toddlers to learn that we want you know if we're going to be co-sleeping and bed sharing with our toddlers we want it to be calm and fine you can come in we don't want our toddlers to think that they have to really scream and shout and carry on to co-sleep so that's why I think what you said there earlier Fallon that when you've decided that you do want to tackle it um just pick a date that there's going to be no more um, mm. bed sharing in your room and stick with it. 
Yes, um, come hell or high water. <laughs> come hell or yeah. high water, you stick with it. Yes. And, you know, if you are going or, you know, people who are listening to this who are Sombell members, you can look at the different approaches that we talk through about how to address um, stopping bed sharing. And, you know, it might be that you choose a really gradual approach where you actually um, set up a spare bed in the room mm. with your toddler. So in their bedroom. So it doesn't mean that uh, when you make the decision to no longer do any um, bed sharing, that then it's them in their room door shut, walk out. Absolutely. Yes. And that's (laughs) so important to note is that, yeah, just because you make a sudden decision, okay, from this date forwards, you know, we're not letting them co-sleep. We're going to be putting them back in their cot or their bed or whatever. That doesn't mean you're going to be harsh or horrible or you're going to have to employ some dreadful approach. Not at all. I'm such a believer Mm -hmm. that, look, if you go to sleep anywhere different to where you normally sleep, it's weird, right? Like even when I stay at a hotel, it takes me a lot longer to fall asleep. The blankets feel different. The sounds around me are different. Any kind of different sleep environment, it's going to be harder to fall asleep there. Now, as adults, we can go, well, I'm in a hotel. I'm perfectly safe. This is a safe sleep environment and I can go to sleep here. But for a toddler, especially if it's been a long time of only sleeping in your bed, if you're suddenly trying to make them sleep in a room they're not used to sleeping in, in a bed they're not familiar with, that will feel scary. And your Mm -hmm. job as a parent is not to be harsh or punishing and, you know, Mm -hmm. loud or, you know, all of those things. It's to support them, you know, to help them understand that, yes, it looks really different. It might not be quite the same as mum or dad's bed, but it is safe. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why, yeah, we build so many strategies in our clinic work and in Sunbell as well that are around giving them a lot of support to make that transition. And like you suggested, Laura, and this I suggest to parents a lot of the time, is if the bedroom's new to them, or even if it's not, but they're just really reluctant to be in there, if their motivation is that they want to be cuddled up with you for sleep, then don't be in your bed. Be in their Mm -hmm. bedroom. Be on a Mm -hmm. spare bed beside the cot or a spare bed beside their bed. So Mm -hmm. that they're not motivated to hop up and go wandering down to your bedroom. There's nothing there for them. You're in their room. Um, And that gives them that reassurance that they're not alone. You're there to help them make that really big change. Excuse me. Um, And you can kind of give them some support while they're transitioning to that that sleep in that new environment. Yeah, and they then um, gain experience spending the whole night through in their bedroom. And that can be the first step. Um, mm. on that journey sorry I hate that word but you know, <laughs> on that journey to um, supporting your toddler to go to sleep in their own bed and to stay in their own bed all night um, yes. so if you very at the very start you need to be in the bedroom with them overnight um, so be it you're giving yeah. them the yep. lots and lots of opportunities maybe a week's worth maybe longer depending on um, your toddler's temperament um, of seeing that, okay, this is where I spend the night now, in my room. I don't spend the night in mum and dad's yeah. bed and I don't get out of bed in the middle of the night and go into mum and dad's room. Um, I stay yes. in my room all night. And then that becomes something that they uh, just becomes very usual for them. Mm. Um, and you can then work on um, getting yourself gradually back into your own bed as a parent yeah. um, and leaving your toddler in their room. 
Yes, exactly. And how you approach that part of it where you do want to actually get back into your own bed, I think depends so much on the age of your child and on their temperament. So there will be, Mm -hmm. I mean, thinking about a maybe a baby who's 12 to 18 months old, if you have been sleeping in their room beside their cot and they've gotten used to settling in their cot, look, sometimes the younger ones really don't mind if you leave. They're just like, yep, I sleep here now, this is fine. You know, if they're fairly confident, Mm -hmm. there's no separation anxiety, you might find you can literally just leave and they're fine. They just go off to sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas for, I think it tends to be, look, some of the older ones, it's sort of, it does depend a lot, doesn't it? Some of the older ones are also okay with a parent just leaving. Um, but there's definitely a lot with separation anxiety and who mm-hmm. feel a bit unsure about it where we have to really gradually get you out of the room. Um, and that might mm-hmm. be as simple as just practising leaving their room really briefly. So if they're older, you might be able to explain it to them and say, oh, I've left my drink bottle in the kitchen. I'm just going to grab it and I'll be straight back. And you, know, mm-hmm. you kind of give that a bit of practice so that they get used to um, being in their room alone. Um, for others, it's, you know, far more gradual. It might be that you've been patting them to sleep in their bed or their cot and you're going to you know, start gradually patting less often or shifting mm. your bed a little further away. There's um, so many ways it can go. And it really depends on the place of sleep too, I find. Mm. Like if they're not in a cot and they can get up and run around, I think that's a big challenge for parents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And if you do have a toddler, say a three-year-old, um, who is just um, uh, during the day full of beans, exploring everything, curious, um, loves um, to interact with um, other children and animals and adults, no signs mm. of separation anxiety, really thriving. Um, and um, at bedtime, um, you know, you would have worked on the timing first to ensure that they're tired enough at bedtime. Um, and it's just finding that they are um, really not too happy about staying in their bed and they just want to keep jumping out of bed and coming onto you and crawling into your bed if you were sleeping in there with them. Then you might need to look at doing a slightly quicker approach where um, you do leave the room um, for short intervals and you may even need to consider putting a safety gate on their bedroom door um, mm. so that they learn that they stay in their bedroom once it's bedtime, mm. that they um, don't have the free reign of the house, they can't run into their baby brother or sister's room or <laughs> run mm. into the kitchen to help themselves with something in the fridge, um, that yeah. when it's lights out, they stay in their bedroom. Um, You know what, Laura? (laughs) I reckon a few parents would hear that and be like, what? A baby gate on the door, a safety gate? I think a lot of parents feel really horrified at that idea, but I think it's really unnecessary. So if you do think, okay, my toddler's just running out the door all the time, we can't get anywhere. If you put a safety gate on their bedroom door, it doesn't mean that you're just leaving. You can literally sit on the other side of that safety gate and maybe their bed um, is even pushed right up close to that safety gate. So you might be like 50 centimetres away. You're still yeah. right there and close by, but if they get up, they realise, hang on, I can't actually leave the room. You can pick them up, give them a cuddle, put them back in bed, and you might have to repeat that more times than you would like. <laughs> it might be 50 <laughs> times in a row. Um, but if they just see that, okay, mom or dad or whoever the caregiver is, is just, you know, if I get out of bed, they just put me back in bed and they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. There's no negotiating, no big discussions. It's just, 
you know, quietly and calmly, I'm put back in bed and it doesn't matter how many times I get up, they just keep doing it. Then pretty quickly, they just think, why get up? You know, they're always Mm. there. I can see that they're there. They're not far away. If I get up, I know exactly what's going to happen. Um, And then that motivation to get up goes away. They realize actually it's fine and I can fall asleep here. Um, But I think, you know, keep in mind, if we think about the psychology of that, um, and I think we see this a bit in clinic as well. Some parents do introduce a lot of inconsistency. So if they were sitting there, um, maybe they're using a safety gate and they're having to put their child back in bed. It's when, as parents, you know, if they're making a lot of requests, it's sometimes you think, oh, well, maybe if I do give them the extra cup of water or another story, maybe that'll mm. do the trick and get them off to sleep. Um, but it's not the case, is it, Laura? <laughs> no, it's not. And then the, your, um, your toddler is um using these we call them uh, stalling behaviors or curtain calls if the lights are already out um Mm. and they'll say just one more thing just one more thing just one more thing you know you may have finally um you know if you've had a a week or so with them sleeping in their own room overnight and you've been in there with them and this is you're now starting to try to extricate yourself um at the start of the night um if your toddler is then thinking oh what can i do to try and keep mum or dad here for a bit longer then they can start Mm. to use those curtain calls Um, and um, it can then backfire if you're thinking oh well I feel a bit um, bad leaving them Mm. even just for 30 seconds like we're never talking about leaving them for a long time are we Fallon it's when we say we're leaving we mean you know just leave for 30 seconds one minute um, and Mm. building up Um, and if your toddler says uh, another um, another bottle or another song or another book and so you then say okay then make as you say that maybe is what it's gonna uh, help them go off to sleep um, then your toddler is learning oh, okay <laughs> if I keep asking for extra things I will keep getting extra things yes um, and I wonder and what bef- I'll get next time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and before you know it, your the bedtime routine is stretching out to an hour, and um, mm. you know your little one's not going off to sleep until much later than you want, uh, and you yes. are tearing your hair out. Um, and uh, yes. so, in that case, one of the things we often talk about is um, setting some very reasonable um, expectations and boundaries around bedtime. Mm. Um, which would um, include having a really predictable list of activities that happen in the run-up to bedtime. And Mm. as a parent, just being very firm, gentle but firm, that there's no other things that happen once you reach the end of that list. There's a great bedtime routine um, sort of chart, some steps to how to create a bedtime routine chart um, in Sunbell for exactly that reason. So if your toddler makes, oh, sometimes they make the funniest extra demands, <laughs> but, you know, if they love to have a back rub or, um, you know, a very particular teddy or they some some of them are in a bit of a habit of saying, I don't like this blanket, I need you to go and get a completely different one. Those sorts of things, even if they do sound a bit odd and maybe not essential to the bedtime routine, sometimes if you put them in their bedtime routine chart, it just means mentally they're ticking off that thing. So, yep, I've gotten the right teddies. I've had my back rub. I've selected the right blanket. Um, it just means yes. they can tick those things off. And then when you do say, no, it's you know it's time for sleep now and you just hold that boundary firm and you don't sort of start introducing all these different things that they're demanding, um, 
yeah, it just really helps them to to calm down quicker because they've had that chance. And one thing I really like to tell parents is, especially the older toddlers, they're very clever. And sometimes they'll say things like, oh, I've got to tell you, mum, about this this thing that happened or did you know, you know, <laughs> like they come up with yes. all these interesting facts about, you know, the universe and <laughs> all sorts of things. Um, and it can be really hard as a parent to shut that down because you think, oh, I love what they're trying to tell me. Um, but, you know, it's not really helping bedtime. One of the best things you can just say is, I want you to tell me about that in the morning. It's time for sleep now. And then follow through the next day at the breakfast table. Say, oh, last night you were going to tell me something. Um, And I said, we'll talk about it today. So what was it? And they probably won't remember. (laughs) They'll have no idea what you're talking about. But it shows that you care and that you do follow through and you do want to hear what they've got to say. It might open up some really fantastic discussions over the brekkie table. Um, who knows? Yes. Maybe you'll learn something new about the universe. <laughs> How it works. <laughs> yeah, um, on that, Fallon, there's um, some families I have worked with in the clinic have um, used um, a box. I can't remember. We may have mentioned this in previous podcasts. I'm not sure. Uh, whereas if they do have a very chatty toddler who um, just you know, wants to understand why the sky is blue or... <laughs> Um, whether we all see green in the same way or you know whatever (laughs) crazy question it is that your three-year-old is asking or uh, your two-year-old wants to know how cars work or whatever it is um having a little box by the bedside table where with a with um pad of paper in and you can write a couple of things on that piece of paper or get your Mm. um toddler to draw a little picture a squiggle um that represents that thing that they want to talk about and then you fold it up in a little square and then you pop it into the box and that's going to come out at breakfast so ah, you can be sure yep. you're telling them well we're taking that thought and we're putting it in the box and we'll bring yeah. that out over breakfast that's a good idea i could see that working really well for the older toddlers where they yeah. really do just desperately want to tell you something. It might be less about delaying bedtime and more about them just having all these ideas and things they want to bounce off you. Um, and I think that would work really well for the really um, the toddlers and preschoolers who some would describe as being in that gifted range where they just have all these complex thoughts or might have really advanced language. Often they really struggle just to switch that clever brain off and wind down for sleep mm. and that is such a great strategy for those families. I love that it could just be a squiggle if they can't write yet. They could just do a little squiggle <laughs> yeah. that represents that thought. Mm. Yes. Well, there's some yeah. good ideas there. There are. So really when we're thinking, just trying to sum up everything that we, we just did, like a crazy tour there, didn't we, of what can <laughs> Brain happen. dump of everything. <laughs> yeah. So if we're thinking about um, families who, um, who have babies or toddlers that they have been bed sharing with and they are wanting to make a change now, um, what you'd want to be thinking about is um, picking a date when you're no longer going to share a bed in your room with them um, and then picking an approach where um, you can be sure that that suits your baby or toddler's temperament um, and uh, you that may include the first step getting them feeling really comfortable in their bedroom and sleeping in their bedroom all night and you may need to be in the bedroom with them overnight mm. for a, um, a period of time so that they learn to um, be comfortable in there and get all that experience and learn that that's where they sleep overnight 
Um, and once you've done that, you can then start to um, work on a strategy to get yourself back out of the room. And again, that will really depend on your child's temperament, whether they're in a cot or a bed or a floor bed. Um, and you may just be able to quite easily leave the room as they're falling asleep at the start of the night once they've had that week or so of learning to become comfortable in their bedroom. Um, but if you have um, some uh, toddlers who are in a bed who just are finding it very hard to stay in their bed and they just want to bolt out of the room, um, mm. if you try and leave the room, then you might be looking at um, the guardian gate approach where you put a safety gate on the bedroom door so that they learn mm. that they stay in their bedroom. Um, but you do that in a really respectful and supportive way um, by still staying in the child's in your child's view um, and reassuring them as you need to depending on what approach you've chosen yeah look I think that's mm-hmm. such a lovely summary Laura and I think as well look often parents feel really silly and like they've taken you know that they've somehow just done all the wrong things to end up with this you know co-sleeping happening it happens to so many people so so many people who don't tell anyone that they actually go sleep because they're all embarrassed about it but it's really normal it happens to lots of people look we totally get there are some toddlers who push back really hard we're trying to make a change where they're falling asleep and staying in their own sleep space is extraordinarily challenging if you need support with that you can see us in the clinic but probably the quicker option at the moment i think we're just looking at our calendar and I booked out for months and months, um, the quicker option is to join Sonbell because we've got lots of approaches in there that you can think through. I think in the, the toddler program, there's about eight different approaches and six different modifications. So we've really designed it so you've got lots and lots to choose from. If you are one of our new members, make sure you read through all of them. Um, there's case studies there as well because it helps so much to just read about how another family has struggled with the exact same thing and how they've gotten through it. Um, so definitely mm. read through those. It'll give you all sorts of ideas of how you can really tailor what you're doing to your specific toddler because when you do, um, you know, work up a plan that's really suited to their unique needs, you are much more likely to have a really fast, really smooth turnaround um, because mm. they are well supported and they're getting what they need from you um, mm-hmm. and they're yeah making a, a smooth adjustment. So, yeah, there is that help available. Um, Laura, we had a question come in from a parent this week um, Mm -hmm. and I thought we could quickly fit that in before we wrap up this episode. Um, This person says, I have a 13-week-old and a 22-month-old. My toddler usually falls asleep at around 9pm. My 13-week-old usually falls asleep at around 10.30 or 11pm, so when she goes to bed herself. She says, I'd like to shift her bedtime to be more like 7.30 p.m. This is the 13-week-old. Um, so that hopefully yeah. she'll sleep through the toddler's bedtime routine, um, which often this parent needs to do solo. So, yeah, big juggle trying to sort out a newborn and a toddler's bedtime. It's really hard. And she says, I'm not sure how to best change this. Do I need to do it in increments or can I make big adjustments all at once, like moving her bedtime um, by around three or so hours, you know, in one big step? Um, given that she's so young. It's a really it's a really interesting question, a really good one, because I know so many parents struggle with the, um, you know, juggling a baby and a toddler at bedtime when often toddlers really want a lot of attention. Um, and sometimes babies are really crabby at that, that time of day as well. Um, yes. But I still feel like it would probably have to be a gradual adjustment. So the... Th- the baby, the 13-week-old, 
their circadian rhythm is really starting to mature now and it's probably I would say the circadian rhythm thinks that bedtime is 10 30 or 11 p.m mm-hmm. so it's probably not going to to shuffle too easily what are your thoughts Laura yeah I would say that um the um the little baby is uh, their body isn't ready to go off to sleep until a bit later so um, what we'd want to do is quite gradually move um their sleep onset time earlier over um, a period of time rather than doing anything Mm. really drastic you know in those first um, few months of life the circadian rhythm system is really immature some um, newborn babies can have the day night confusion um, and um, which means that they are up all night and sleeping all day Um, and Um, from around the 12 week onward mark their circadian rhythm is normally maturing and so that day night confusion can be resolving but for some babies they still are having quite a late bedtime Um, their sleep onset time is quite late which sounds like it's the case for um, this family now who's 13 week old is um, Mm. falling asleep quite late so we just quite we we don't want to be um uh, fast and furious um yeah with such you'd a little prob- baby yeah you'd mm. probably end up with hours of of crying look what i'd say mm. is since you're a sunbell member i'd work through um yeah i think you're a member of the the babies program work through the chapter on unique sleep needs so you work out how much sleep per day roughly your baby's needing work up a bit of a, a daily rhythm that you're going to sort of try and stick to each day just to kind of keep things quite predictable. Because once you've got that set up, then every three or four days or so, shuffle everything 15 minutes earlier. So not just mm. bedtime, but also the nap times and even the wake up time as well. Um, mm-hmm. And what I'd also be wanting to think about is what time is the baby waking up in the morning? Because if it's waking up early already, you might start to get really super early wake ups and actually decide, hang on, let's keep bedtime where it is a little bit longer um Mm. just to make sure you know you're not being woken up excessively early in the morning um so yeah put that daily rhythm in place um practice it for a week or so and then start to gradually shuffle things along um and you might also find that soon bedtime will become earlier it does for a lot of babies simply because that last nap of the day starts to kind of push into nighttime a little bit and you might find that you drop a day nap and suddenly they're going down for for the night at in your case mm. it might be sort of 8 30 or 9 p.m so similar time to your toddler um Yeah, so I hope that helps for that parent. It can feel like a bit of a minefield with a little baby (laughs) and a toddler to manage, especially if you're doing bedtime on your own. It is really challenging. Um, And we are going to be, yeah. I was just going to say, if you need to do baby wearing um, Mm. so that you um, have your little baby in a a carrier whilst you're, um, so you have your hands free whilst you're doing your toddler's bedtime routine, that can be really helpful. Yeah, it can be a bit of a lifesaver. Um, yeah, yeah, and try and keep your toddler on a similar um, schedule. Um, and, um, yeah, often second, third, fourth babies <laughs> have to fit around the, uh, yeah. the older brothers and sisters to some extent, particularly when they're yes. so little. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Things are often done very flexibly when you've got to deal with um, the ups and downs of toddlerhood at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's been so lovely having a big chat and I hope anyone listening in who's, you know, battling with a sort of an unwanted co-sleeping situation got some good tips out of this episode. Um, If you loved it, please um, subscribe to the podcast. If you're a listener and you're enjoying the episodes, hit the subscribe button and share the episode with friends because we all know those friends who are stuck in the trenches with sleep so if you think it's going to help share it with them um the somber program for toddlers is now live and like with all of our programs at the moment actually have 20 percent off for our introductory rate so it's a great time to sign up if you are having struggles Um, and if you're a member definitely submit your questions um, and we might be chatting about your particular case this time next week Um, So thanks for tuning in, everyone. And, uh, yeah, you'll hear us again next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. If you need help with your baby or toddler's sleep or settling, you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic program for babies and toddlers aged 0 to 3 years. It contains all the best resources from the sleep clinics at Infant Sleep Australia, so you can rest easy and so can your child. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.